Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in to By the Word of Their Testimony. This is the program where we share the life journeys of people just like you and me and how through challenges, trials, opportunities and the providences of God their lives have been impacted for good and for the glory of God. Now, in the studio today, I have a special guest, Pastor Blake Penlin. Blake, welcome. Hey, thanks. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Lovely to have you here. But you're not really a stranger to 3ABN because you have done some programs here at 3ABN. Yeah, I've done a few programs, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm usually in here with Matt. <laughs> okay, yeah, Pastor Matt Thompson. You do a program called Knowing God based on the Gospel of John, I understand. Yeah. And you've... Where it's taken us a long time to get through, John, because we're just diving deep. Right. Okay. And also, have you done any television? Yeah, here? I've done a couple programs uh, with John and Rosemary. Yeah. Okay. Down fan- in the studio with the all the green. Okay. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Right. Well, look, it's nice to have you here in the studio, and it's a privilege for me to actually spend time with you just to talk yeah. to you about your testimony. And I know that God will bless, dear listener. I know that you will be blessed by what Blake has to share with us today. Now, uh Listening to your accent, obviously you're not from here, but before we go to where you were born, <laughs> perhaps you could just tell us what you're currently doing. I introduced you by your title, yeah. which is pastor. So yeah. what do you do? Um, so we're here in the studio. This is in Morissette, Australia. Mm. Um, and up north, probably about 50, 55 minutes north, uh, is Raymond Terrace. Right. Which okay. is pretty much the last probably the last town before you really hit the road on the way to Brisbane okay. um, up north of Newcastle. And there's a few other towns, but Raymond Terrace is like the last town that's kind of part of Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. And uh, we have a church plant there. Oh, uh, we exciting. Meet, yeah, we meet uh, every Saturday uh, in different places because we're a church plant. <laughs> so we don't have <laughs> okay. a, a particular building, yeah. um, but we're, we meet up there and uh, we have food every Every Sabbath, every Saturday at 12.30, and church starts at 10, and in between we do a lot of Bible study, and anyone is welcome to come up there. Um, We have actually purchased a building, but we're in the process of renovating it right now during during this recording, Okay, and uh, it's it's right on the main street, uh, 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace, and the plan is in the front. Uh, on the main street, we're actually going to have like a, a little juice bar, a little juice cafe called New Start Juice. Oh, I like it. Yeah, so it's going to be open throughout the week. People mm. can come. There's going to be a little place to uh, sit, relax, chat, talk, um, and have a fresh start to the day at New Start Juice. And then we're also going to have an op shop for secondhand clothing for the community members. And then it's kind of weird to explain, but around the back, it's almost like a separate building mm. is uh, where our church is going to be. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's kind That's of a, it's exciting a different place. It's, it's, it, yeah. It's it's a little bit different than your your normal situation, but we've been blessed with this opportunity, and 
hopefully that's that's going to be up and running very shortly. Mm. So when you say juice bark, you want a carrot juice or a, yeah. you know something vegetables, or you want some fruit juice, you know apple or whatever it is. Absolutely, it's based off of uh, the New Start program, okay. uh, which stands for nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight. Uh, temperance, air, rest, and trust in God. So okay. new start. So right. new start juice. You come in, and to help you get good nutrition, mm. you can come and, and get, and it's just juice. There's nothing else available, okay. just juice. Nice. So if you want, you get a fresh juice, you can come in. Well, there's been a, lo- there's been a proliferation of juice bars around the place, and they seem to be very popular. So, yeah, yeah no, if I ever drive past and I want a juice, I know where to go. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. It sounds awesome. Stop by. Well, it sounds like you're using a bit of a, a New Testament biblical model. Yeah. We really, we really believe in the power of, of community and the power of um, building relationships, uh, not just on, not just on the day of church, but like during uh, the week. And we also have a team. Uh, it's Adventist Community Services, an ACS team. Okay. That we go out and we mow people's lawns, we fix their gardens, we help them around the house. I think I had. The boys painting somebody's roof the other day. <laughs> wow! So we got a whole team of guys okay. going out and just working and and trying to trying to just make our community a better place to live in mm. general. Mm. You know, okay. and there's so and that's like a, a no expectations, no strings attached. Like we don't come to your house and mow your lawn, so you have to come to our church. It's like. Okay. We just want to help. So you're, 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 you're entering the community. The community is getting to know you guys and what you stand for, that you're helpful, and yeah. you're there to look after their best interests, basically. Yeah. And yeah. The, the funny thing is, um, this, sound, this might sound weird, too, but uh, I know the police up there very well. <laughs> okay. So I've, on several occasions, with some of the people who've come to our church, and, and they've just really they've had a, a colorful background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, too, so I relate to those people. And... Uh, I I've had to get a few of the people who've come and visit out of jail for the evening. So I was like, I went to the police, had a chat with them, and um, we we organized a way for them to not be in jail that evening. So that was good. Well, <laughs> and so now the police okay. know me, and and it's a it's a good feeling that we're working together to help the the kind of the the people in our community that are mm. just on the fringe there. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You know, and look, the, the people that respond the best to you know the story of Christ and the gospel, and in the way that Jesus interacted with people, were those people on the highways and the byways, and yeah. you know, sometimes having some challenges in their life. You know, I, I find that when when you meet people who are really in need, mm. um, you're able to really just get real. Yes, like I, I think a lot of us. And especially in Western culture, we just have these little masks on hmm. and we don't want to let people in because we don't want to be vulnerable. Sure. But when people are going through a really difficult time, they're already vulnerable. Yeah. And then it's just authentic. You can be real. And and there's no games that are played. It's okay. just like, hey, this is a situation. Let's see what we can do to help. Yeah, no, awesome, awesome. I was actually, when I was listening to you earlier in regards to the way you do fellowship, you know, um, the uh, the New Testament church in Acts chapter two and verse uh, forty two it says that they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. So obviously doctrine means teachings yep. and fellowship, and you guys do that. Yeah. And it says in breaking bread, so eating together, and that's what you guys do. You know, after your after your <laughs> church programs and prayer. So yeah. those were the four elements of it. So praise the Lord that you guys are following that that biblical model. Yeah. But you said something intriguing a little bit earlier that you you know. Uh, can relate to some of these people who maybe I find themselves slightly on the wrong side of the law. Now I've not heard <laughs> I've not heard your story before, but I'm intrigued. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued for us to get there. But before we do, okay, you, okay. you're a married man. Yeah, to honestly like 
the most patient, beautiful woman in the whole world. I'm not sure why she's married to me, but I thank God every day. That she is. <laughs> okay, so you got a good deal. Yeah, I, got, I definitely <laughs> got the better end of that deal. Um, uh, yeah, I have a beautiful wife, and I have two awesome kids. Fantastic. Um, I got an 18-year-old and a 6-year-old. 18-year-old son and a 6-year-old mm. little girl. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good spread. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. praise the Lord. So by your accent, I'll take it that you were not born in Australia? No, I was born up in California, so on the northern okay. hemisphere and in northern California as well, in a little town. I mean, we're talking a little town. Yeah. Uh, there's 12 people there. 12? Uh, I think there's less now because we moved out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was called Round Mountain. So anyone from Round Mountain? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you, know if you're listening you send or Send us not, an email. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was born up there. Uh we kind of lived in a caravan for the first few years of my life while my dad built our house. Okay. Uh, then when I was five, uh, my grandfather... Now, some of the stuff that I'm going to share today is kind of crazy. Mm. So I just want to prepare our listeners. Inoculate them a little bit. Just, yeah. just so you know, like <laughs> some of my family members are... Unique? Uh, yeah. We'll okay. just say <laughs> they're unique. God loves everybody, mm. um, but they just have had... Sure they've had some... Ups and downs. Okay. Let's just say that. Uh, so anyway, my dad was up there, we, and we had just finished building the house. I think I was uh, five by this time. So we'd been, we had just moved in like the year before and been in the caravan up to that point because he mm. built this house with his hands, wow. like him by himself. Mm. Um, and then my grandfather came uh, and burnt the house down uh, to claim the insurance money uh, for the house because the house oh. was built on his parents' well. He thought his parents' land, but it was actually on my parents' land that his parents had given to his to their granddaughter, which is my mom. Right. And um, oh, anyway, so, so he, how many years of building? Uh, I was like five, five four, four five? years, four years of building, and just all up gone and smoke. up and smoke. Wow. And it's just it's a life lesson, you mm. know. Like, don't hold on to the things of this. And it was a, l- a lesson I learned really young. I had a little uh, Ninja Turtle pizza thrower. Okay, and it was, had like a little plastic disc. I loved that thing. Now yeah. I was only, I'm like, I was like five, so that was yeah. my treasured, no, that was my like treasured, precious jewel that I own. And okay. I shot my little pizzas everywhere. It was yeah. like shot them out, little plastic pizzas, and I lost that. Oh, in the know, fire. In the fire. And I know that seems like a little thing, but I was devastated because mm. I use that thing like every day. Mm. And um, not only did we lose that, we lost everything, all, all of our pets. My dad had cattle. We had land it was just boom all burn up and smoke um and and in fact actually i believe it was one of the craziest fires uh in california history like there was so there almost 100 bird? homes that burnt up because okay, what so happened is it started home. yeah no it started at mine and then it just went like wild because it was a real windy day and this mm. and yeah it was bad it was super bad and wow. then my parents we were homeless my parents no caravan either caravan gone up and smoke oh, no. or? the whole People from Round Mountain know, like, this place was just, like, gone. Wow. Like, um, I think it was something like 200 homes burned mm. up. And uh, my parents were in court for a while. We were homeless for a little while. Uh, interestingly enough, we actually stayed at a house. Um, it was my cousin's grandparents' house, and they were on a trip to Zimbabwe for a few weeks, which is interesting, but you'll find out why that's interesting okay. later on. Yeah. And uh, so they were in Zimbabwe, and we stayed at their house for a little while just while we were trying to sort out all these court 
cases and base it was it was a mess my mm-hmm. grandfather uh he he had been in and out of jail and, and just to give you a little background on him my grandmother and my grandfather uh when my mom was eight uh they were arrested by the fbi um because they had gone around basically robbing banks all through the united states oh. and so um it was about it was like through it was identity theft before that was a thing. This is like back in the 60s, they would go. My, my grandfather had these women who basically were prostitutes and they would go and get all the personal information of these men that mm. they would go be with. And then they would bring that back and then my grandmother would get all the information, walk into the bank and copy the signature Oh, and then drain the bank accounts and they moved. So they didn't use any guns. Mm. They just used the power of the pen what? Okay. <laughs> and just drained all these guys' bank accounts mm. and they would move to the next place, them and their whole team. And my mom went along with them. And we're talking like they started in California, went all the way to New York and then started their way back and they got arrested in Detroit. Now, that's a lot. If you know America, sure, that's, that's a, a lot of place. states. Yeah. Yes. And so my mom uh, was taken into uh, care by the state uh, and then my parents Oh, not my parents, but my grandparents both went to jail. But what's interesting is my grandmother uh, in jail, there was a, a black Baptist preacher, an African-American Baptist preacher, and he he was preaching and shared the gospel with her, and she gave her heart to Jesus in jail. In jail, wow. Um, when eventually, years later, when she got out of jail and my grandfather got out of jail, uh, my grandmother was excited to tell, his name was John, was excited to tell John, uh, about Jesus, mm. but when he when she started to, he grabbed her and threw her up against the wall and said, "If you if you ever say the name of Jesus in my presence again, I will kill you." Mm. Because what happened is, while she was learning about Jesus in prison, he had gotten into what is called the New Age, uh, um, New Age spiritualism, okay. and very went down a completely separate road. Mm. And their past went different ways, and they ended up actually getting divorced wow. um, because he went back to the life of crime. Mm. And she decided to go back another way. Okay. Now, it wasn't an easy journey for you because you don't just flip a switch sure. and then you're like a perfect person. But mm-hmm. she made steps to get out of that life okay, and to rebuild her relationship with her daughter, which is my mom. Mm. So then my mom ended up staying with her grandparents, which is how they got the land. And then my, my dad came along and that, then that's when they built the house and that's when I came along kind of uh, thing, if that okay. makes sense. Yes, yeah. yes, right. So, and then when that was burnt down, we ended up getting another place with the insurance money because the court, the judge was like, this is crazy. They couldn't prove that my grandfather proved, like, had burnt down. There wasn't enough evidence, circumstantial evidence, yeah, to convict of that. But in the civil case, my parents won and they were able to get the the fire insurance money and they Mm. rebuilt, uh, well, they didn't rebuild. They just bought a house Mm. that was closer to Redding, California, where I basically grew up. Redding, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's that chapter of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very interesting chapter. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Redding, California now, growing up there. Yeah. Um, you, you attend a, a normal school? Uh, yeah, I went to public school um, most of my life. Uh, my dad uh, had become, during this process, his older brother, who was 18 years older than him. He had mm. seven brothers. Wow. This was his second oldest brother. And... He had found these people called uh, Seventh Adventists. You know, oh, yeah. the second oldest brother did. Yeah, yeah. And then he introduced that to my dad, and then my dad started studying 
with these people called Seventh-day Adventists, and he became a Seventh-day Adventist. And then my mom as well. Uh, mm. But my, my and my grandmother, who was like first a Baptist, I guess, yeah. or I don't know what she was, but mm-hmm. she was a Christian, and yes. then she also became an Adventist. And so there was this new... Uh, connection with these people called okay. Seventh Day Adventists, um, and I, I want to say very clearly, like my parents, they really were really good parents, hmm. and they tried really really hard with me. Okay, and I was not a good kid. <laughs> uh, okay, so so I was more like my grandfather. I was like running little businesses and stealing things and getting in fights in school and like. Like, it just was, it was crazy. Is that right? I don't know. I think, honestly, there's some things that are just genetic that you have to overcome or Mm. you have to, you got to figure out. Sure. You don't get, you don't get to choose, you don't get to choose who your parents are, but you You do get to choose how you live your life. So my mom, she was raised by like absolutely crazy parents. Mm. Like my grandma and grandfather were just, they were crazy. But she, uh, she told me, she remembers, I think she was like six Six or seven, and her dad tried to uh, say that she needed to be a prostitute. And she was like, she remembered it on that day. She remembers saying to herself, I will never be like this man. He is a, he's an evil person. I will yeah. do everything the opposite of this man. Yeah. So, I mean, he was a bad dude mm-hmm. um, just through and through. And uh, she, she was, even though she was raised in that environment, she made a conscious decision I'm not going to go down that road. Mm, wow. um, so it's 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 that argument between nature versus nurture. Sure. Um, your environment plays a part and your nature plays a part, mm, but ultimately mm. we have the freedom of choice. We do. We yeah. get to choose what we do with our lives. Mm, it reminds me of that text there in John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says that Christ is the light that lights every person that comes into the world. And we know that through the Holy Spirit, which we call our conscience quite often, God helps steer and direct our decisions. And it's clear that your mother made a decision based on her 100%. conscience. 100%. Yeah, wow. she, she saw the end result mm. of that lifestyle. And even at that young age, she knew that because she didn't even know about sexuality at sure. that age. Oh, but she not, knew yeah. that what her father was trying to make her do was wrong. And so she just ran away like she got away from that and was mm-hmm. like, I will never Go down that path. Yeah, wow. Make that. Praise God. And she's a very um, determined woman. Like okay. uh, now, knowing her now, she's all grown <laughs> up. Like um, she, she's just so strong, mm. such a strong person. Um, that's actually, and which is interesting. That's the thing that I value in people the most. I think it's the most attractive trait I see in people okay. is inner strength. In a strength, sure. The ability to have integrity and to mm. choose to do the right thing, mm. regardless of the circumstances. Like, that wow. is a very attractive trait to me. That and I is, think yeah. I get that from my mom, like seeing her able to do that. Sure. Once you're convinced of something, it's uh, you won't deviate from it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. In high school, I got um, I got kicked out of a, a few first classes and then school. And then um, uh, in year 10, uh, I actually went to an Adventist school. Okay. So leading up to this, yeah. uh, you were what, is it after the age of five that your parents became converted to Christianity and Adventism? I don't know. Or? I don't know. I don't, because it was, okay. I was so young. I don't know that. I don't know sure. the dates, but I know that I remember seeing my dad. Um, he was, he was so, he was like a machine mm. every morning reading the Bible. Wow. Like a machine. 
And it's such a powerful testimony. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> okay. But he's just like, boom, like a machine waking mm. up. And like that, that has still impacted me as a human mm. being today. So there were some positive influences at some point early oh, on in your life. Yeah. It was, it was like this. My mother and my father mm. and my grandmother sort of so, yeah. as she has come in um, were all super positive influences. Mm. Uh, everybody else <laughs> okay. was uh, different. There were di- other okay. influences. I have a lot of cousins um, who are addicted to methamphetamine. Mm. Um, they don't have any teeth, hardly, sadly, in and out of jail, just petty, silly crimes. Um, and it, like that lifestyle is just like a part of our life. A heavy drinking, a lot mm. of uh, marijuana and drug use. Um, yeah. It was just that that side of things was that was all around me growing up, but not my mother and father. Just like Christmas and Easter and Fourth of July and uh, all the barbecues that we ever had, like heavy alcohol and drug use. Mm. Yeah, so it was like I saw it all the time. Right. Okay. And and probably much to my parents' chagrin, I I leaned towards I wanted that lifestyle. I thought. Okay. That the world was more enticing mm. than what this whole Jesus thing was. I was like, I don't want this. I want, I want to go out into the world like the prodigal son. Sure. Like I was like, it was the flashing lights. Okay. Yes. So, um, so you're you're now uh, you've gone through a, it's a secular I guess school, and now you find yourself in a similar Adventist school. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I basically <laughs> I gotten kicked out. Uh, the po- I, I didn't get kicked out per se, but they basically put me in what is called in-house suspension. Mm. So for the last probably nine weeks of school, which is like, that's a long time. It's almost, that's over two months. Yeah. I, I had school with the assistant principal. I just sat in his office and did my schoolwork for like two and almost two and a half months. And wow. I was like, well, this sucks. Like, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking that as a kid. I was like, Ugh. and the reason I couldn't go to class is apparently um, <laughs> I started riots in class or something. That oh. was that was like on my record. It, well, you uh, can't start a riot by yourself. Not It doesn't work well. well, that's, what well. I, I, that's what I told the principal too. I said, oh, I can't do it by myself. But anyway, yeah, you're on my side. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> and so I was, I was, I was a bit rowdy, and mm. um, and I was a class clown, mm. and and I just started getting into uh, just stuff I shouldn't be mm. into. I was, I definitely all through school, I spent more time in the principal's office than I did in the in the actual class. That was all through school. Wow, but yeah, that well, it started at the very beginning, and um, then. When I was ba- I was essentially kicked out, they were like the last few months I was in the the, the office and they were like, hey, you need to you need to go. <laughs> so I mm. I went to um, well actually someone from the church yeah. actually paid or helped to pay for me to go to this school called Reading Adventist Academy. Okay, and so I started there in year ten. I I don't even know if they knew everything that had happened. Well, they would have. It was all on my record, so they mm-hmm. would have definitely known. But somebody was offering to help my parents send me to that school, and it was awesome. One of the best things that ever happened to me. Really? Yeah. Um, I met some of the best friends of my entire life. Uh, they're, mm. I, they're still like brothers to me. Um, there was only a, like a little class of like 11 of us, mm. and I still remember them. I, I know them all, and I keep in yeah. contact with all of them, and some of them are like just super, super close, mm. um, like family. Mm. Um, one of them, my my buddy Christian, 
he ended up living with me at my house and we just formed a really strong connection because he lived far away and he was such a good influence on me but i still had this rebellious spirit in me and Mm. i wanted to do my own thing um so uh, overall let's shift to the adventist school was a positive thing. oh oh so positive but but like you're you're fitting all right you you yeah but but the thing is the thing is you need to remember that no matter your environment people still have a choice Mm. you know Mm. it comes back to that freedom of choice even though now i was in a good environment and everything was seemed good around me i still chose to go do what the rest of my family was doing smoking weed going drinking alcohol uh, partying like I just felt like everything that you see in music videos and on TV I was like that's what I want I want that lifestyle right um, and then yeah so we went through that for a few years and then we went to college together some of the guys we actually all ended up staying together had a girlfriend uh, well what happened was actually I went to this I went to an Adventist college mm. and it was like a miracle happened uh, I basically was told I need $4,500 or I'll have to leave this college. Okay. And I had not really prayed mm. in a long time. Like, even though I had that environment around sure. me, it was not a thing that I was a part of. Mm. Um, and so I actually prayed to God and I said, God, uh, I think I was 17 at the time that this mm. happened. Mm. And I was like, God, if you're real, um, you know, I owe $4,500 like, and you want me to go to this college, uh, Pacific Union College. Yeah. If you want me to go there, you got to give me the money to go here because mm-hmm. my parents couldn't afford it. No, like I, it was I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and I did that thing called a fast. I'd never fasted before, okay, but fasted someone told me, pray. yeah, someone said you got to fast, you got to pray. So I did. I fasted and prayed. Then um, the next. I think right after I fasted and prayed, it was like a 24-hour fast. I went to the finance department. And I just said, hey, just wanted to check and see if that money has come in. <laughs> and they were like, uh, oh. no, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's terrible. Um, and so really was bummed out. And mm. I went home uh, for Christmas to spend time with my family. So you're studying at the moment at this college, and the bill hasn't been paid yet, but you're going through your studies. Well, no, no, it had been paid, but they said I couldn't come back for the next semester. Uh, okay, so it's yeah. for the next so, semester. Yeah, yeah. So I went home okay. for Christmas, and then I was home for Christmas, and I had this great idea. I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to sneak back into college. Because all through high school and before, I was sneaking out of class, so I was really good at that. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to sneak back into reverse college. reverse the same. Yeah. <laughs> see, the skill set will still work. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I started sneaking into my class, and I started taking notes. I'd never taken notes. But I just turned into like this brilliant student mm. because I was like motivated because I shouldn't be there. So I was uh-huh. like, I'm going to be there. So um, anyway, I'll tell you the rest of the story okay, after well, this break. Right. <laughs> let's, let's go to the break, and we'll be right back.
visit 3abnaustralia.org.au to purchase this CD, Near to the Heart, which includes this song, The Old Rugged Cross, played by Henry Higgins. Well, welcome back. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony, and my special guest in the studio today is Pastor Blake Penland. Now, Blake, just before the break, you were telling us about you fasting and praying for a miracle to happen. You owe $4,500 to finish your studies. Yeah. And uh, what you decide to do, you don't have the money, but you just sneak back into school. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, you become this very studious, very academic person, the person that you hadn't been previously from what I hear. Yeah. But I'm fascinated to hear the rest of the story. So what happens? Do they kick you out? Does the money arrive? How, what, what happens? <laughs> so I'm there in line. Uh, I've been there for two weeks, and uh, every... I'm, I'm there in line in the cafeteria, and then behind the scenes, I'm in my dorm room, and my I have two roommates. So I got mm. there's three of us in the dorm to save money. <laughs> oh. One room, we were like, let's three stay in one room to save some money. Yeah. So um, the finance department kept calling me. Hey, uh, are you available? Is Blake there? You know, uh, mm-hmm. we need to talk to him about his financial situation. And and my roommates would be like, hold on, real quick, and they would like put their hand over the phone, and they're like, hey, are you here? And I was like, no, I'm not here. <laughs> like, he's not actually here right now. Well, we could take a message. <laughs> like, so that, that happened for about two weeks. And then finally I was in line at the cafeteria. Um, and the finance department lady came and she like grabbed my arm mm. like in line. And I was like, ah! <laughs> she's like, I need to talk to you. I finally found you. You need to come with me to the office. And I was like, oh, no. I, I was like, oh, I'm busted. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to get kicked out. So I go to the finance department and um, walk in, and she said, you need to sign some papers. And I was like, oh, okay, what's this about? She passed the papers over, like, across the desk, and it was just, like, an acceptance of $4,500 check. And I was like, what? what? Yeah, it was crazy. And I was like, what? who gave this? And she said it was just an anonymous donor. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And, she, and then she said these words. Looks like somebody really wants you to go here. Wow. Which is what I had prayed. I said, hey, God, if you're real yeah. and you want me to go here, you got to do this for me. So how many weeks or months after your prayer and fasting did this now actually happen? Uh, it was probably like, Cause it, probably like a month and a half. Uh, maybe, yeah, so a little almost, bit of holidays almost two months. Yeah. Wow, wow. So it was, it was a big gap. Mm. Um, so that was, that was crazy. It was a miracle. And I was like, yeah, wow, this is amazing. Incredible. And then I went down to Santa Cruz, which is a few hours drive. It was about four hours drive down to go surfing. Mm. I met this girl. Um, she was she was like an Adventist leader in mm. the church down there. Okay. Um, and we started going out and I was like, man, this is the best. This mm. is cool. Like I was like, God is like better than Santa Claus. Mm. Like you just don't eat stuff and you pray to him and then he gives you stuff <laughs> and, okay. you, and you get like a girlfriend. I was like, and I used to think like, cause she was like this Adventist leader. I was like, this is my ticket to heaven. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I mean, this is, this is my mind. Sure, thinking, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is God doesn't give us what we want. He gives us what we need. Hmm. So we're there. Uh, I found out uh, very tragically that my, who I thought was my girlfriend, uh, she was not very faithful, and she was cheating on me with the guy who lived across the hall in my dorm. Even oh. though she lived down in Santa Cruz, there right. was some connection okay. there. Broke my heart. So position doesn't necessarily give you a ticket to heaven? No, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> right. no, no tickets like that. <laughs> right. And um, I was a very angry person. Mm. I had been in a lot of fights growing up and and... I was I was rough around the edges, and so I actually uh, broke into this guy's dorm room, mm. I, like busted the door down, and uh, 
had a big chair in my hands and I was going to beat him up. And he like literally got on his knees and I, I was just like screaming and yelling at him. He was like almost in tears and he was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that girl was um, I didn't know you guys were going out. And, I'll, and I was just like yelling at him like, I'm going to kill you. And mm. um, then he was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Do you want to smoke some weed? And I was like, OK, yeah, that'll work. And oh. I just put the chair down and, and I went with him. And and I remember like I had been partying before Mm. but that was the moment that i just was like i had just i i like surrendered myself over to substance abuse wow and from that moment forward for the next probably 24 months Mm. 18 to 24 months i can't remember it's all a haze literally um i was high every day Mm. every single day um in the morning in the evening and the other thing is, too, like I got it from my family. So my family all grew marijuana. Okay. Um, and so I just got it for free. I never, I've never paid for I paid I, my whole life. I've maybe paid $10 for marijuana. But, but there was like a, 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 a phase there for almost two, probably almost two years, maybe even more, where I was high every single day smoking nonstop. Mm. And, um, it's and just, the family I, business was providing you. Yeah, and need, I would yeah? just go and <laughs> go to my uncle's place or whatever and just go get free marijuana. Mm. Um, and the I became a slave uh, to substance abuse. Wow. Then I started to sell those those drugs at the college. And it was an ad, it was on a uh, Christian Adventist College, a Pacific Union Ooh, College. Yeah. Okay. And um I'm just telling you, I'm trying to be raw because sure. I, I want no, you to that, know that, the truth. Yeah. And uh, then I started to sell prescription pills as well. And I remember one time uh, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I just had this pain in my heart because mm. of what that girl did. Yeah. Um, and I just justify like, well, I'm, I have this pain. So if God wanted me to have a good life, he wouldn't allow this pain to happen in my life. Right. Which okay. is such a silly statement, and, mm. but we all, many people say it. Yeah, we rationalize many things away, don't we? Yeah. So we're there. Uh, I remember having this bottle of drugs uh, and a, a guy who was studying to, uh, to be a, a minister. He was actually studying, and he had some problems in his life. Um, and I, for the sake of this story, I won't say who it is, but he's, he's no— He's no longer in the ministry, mm. but in the time he was studying to be a minister, and um, he came to me and he uh, bought some drugs for me. And I remember as I put the drugs in his hand, I felt like I had sold my soul to the devil. Oh, really? I was like, yeah, I was like, this is the point of no return. Like, mm. this is a Levite. This is a minister. And I sold him the drugs. I took the money, and I I felt like Judas. Mm. I felt like I wanted to kill myself. Um, but instead of killing myself, I just started using even heavier drugs and drinking even more and just trying to mask the pain mm. with alcohol. And whereas before I was like an agnostic where I just, I knew God was real, mm-hmm. but I didn't care. Then I became like a a misotheist or a misotheist, which means miso is like the hatred of God. Okay. I, I, I went from not just atheist, but a misotheist, mm. like where it's actually God hatred, where mm. I, I, whether he's real or not, I was just like, I hate him. Wow. And if anyone tried to talk to me about God, I was, I was very confrontational and very angry and like, 
some of the words I said were not friendly at all. And this is even on this campus. Oh yeah, yeah. And then and then and um, this is all happening under the radar. All this stuff, you know, the the, the drug surprise. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, I want to say Adventist education is amazing. Mm. It's a it's a great thing, and I encourage people to go there but the but the thing is you no matter where you go in this world we live in a fallen world yeah there's issues mm, so mm. don't expect perfect things to happen like cuz people like me <laughs> go there and right. ruin everything under the radar mm-hmm. um though I will say the dean I think started figuring some things out and he he and I didn't get along very well okay. um but yeah anyway that's another story so I went down this road, and then but something changed. Mm. There was a man from Australia who came. He was a – now, you got to forgive me. I didn't know this existed, but he was a Chinese-Australian. Okay. okay. So I think he was actually born in Australia but mm. of Chinese descent. Okay. I didn't know that existed because mm. I'm just – I was a dumb American. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, all right, I don't know. Uh, and then I saw this guy, and he was like um, – he looked like Bruce Lee. But mm. talked like Crocodile Dundee. Okay, right. What a combination. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, wow, this is insane. And he was just like, oh, mate, you should come down to Australia and uh, go to college at Avondale. And I was like, I will do whatever you tell me to do. This sounds awesome. Yeah. And I was kind of getting in trouble, like I was saying before, with the law a little mm. bit. And things were kind of hectic. And I was like, you know what? I should go to Australia. Mm. So I packed my bags. I got a I got a passport, and I went to go to this place called Avondale College in Australia uh, for basically uh, just for like a, a summer or a semester abroad. Mm. I came down, and the very first thing I did is I found people who were like minded uh, as I was. Yeah. And I started partying and drinking even harder, and I found out that um, Australians drank even more than Americans. Yeah, I was just trying to keep up with them. And <laughs> and in fact, I was trying to keep up with how much the Australians could drink, and I, I couldn't, and I blacked out one night. Mm. As I blacked out, I went, um, I found that I uh, was back in my room, didn't know how I got there. And as I sat up in bed, I heard this voice. Uh, and the voice said, I didn't bring you halfway across the world to do this with your life. Mm. And I thought to myself, honestly, my first thought was like, am I on drugs? Like, am I hearing voices? What's going on? And mm-hmm. then and there was like this thought, like, you know who this is. Like, you know who, you know who's talking to you. But I didn't want to believe who it was. I, I believe yeah. it was God. Yeah. And very clearly, I, I didn't bring you halfway across the world to do this with your life. Mm. Right after that, there was a knock on the door. And there was a guy, his name was Guy. <laughs> okay. And Guy said, hey, you should come listen to a guy named Herb Larson. He's speaking. Oh. Have you heard of Herb Larson? Yes, yes, I've heard of Herb Larson. I've met him. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy, a uh, Canadian guy. Mm. And so he was down here doing a thing called like a week of prayer mm. or a week of spiritual emphasis. And um, I remember a guy, he said, you should come listen to Herb Larson. And uh, I can't tell you what I said on the radio, uh, but I told him, unkindly mm. go away okay <laughs> so the the words i used are not radio appropriate sure. and then the next day he came again and he asked me to go again and oh this guy's so annoying mm. and uh i said to go away yet again in an unkind way he came a third day and he asked me to go again and i want to say to our listeners as well 
if God puts it on your heart to bring someone to church or to a meeting or to a program, mm. don't stop asking them until God says to stop asking them. Don't stop that asking them when, when, yeah. when people, because the first time I was like, get out of here. Mm. You know, the second I was like, go away. You know, the third time I was like, you're just going to keep coming back and asking me. Yeah. I can't get rid of this guy. And so I just want to encourage our listeners, like if God has put it on your heart to ask someone, don't worry about how they react. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. About, and usually how they react, if they react negatively, that that's more of a, a sign that they're being convicted. Right. So I went, I went to this it, Herb Larson thing. Uh, and Herb said some stuff that changed my life. Uh, I was sitting in the very back, and he said, my belief in God gives me a psychological advantage over you who do not believe. Mm. Uh, and he said, even if God's not real, my belief gives me purpose. I wasn't created uh, or I wasn't evolved from monkeys, but I was created for a purpose mm. by the most powerful creator God of the universe. Yeah. And I'm here for purpose. And also, I have hope because mm. no matter how bad things get, I have this hope that Jesus is coming back and he's going to fix it all. Wow. And I thought, wow, my only purpose is to get high. And mm. my only hope is to do that every day. And I thought this guy's purpose and hope is way more meaningful than mine. Mm. Now, this has been a few, I had, this had been a few years into just complete, and at the time I wouldn't have admitted it, I, but I was a complete addict. I was a slave, mm. but I didn't know it. I thought I can I can quit anytime I want. Okay. I don't I don't I have no desire. But but my point is a lot of times you don't know you're a slave when you're when you're a slave. Mm. Um so I'm there listening to this guy talk. I, th- I think I was actually high when I was listening to this as well. Um and I'm listening to Herb Larson um talking and I just thought to myself Maybe there's something more to this life than what I'm doing. Because I was living a very Epicurean lifestyle, very hedonistic. Okay. Um, very much whatever pleasure the sense is, I would do. Because mm. I wanted to escape this pain. Right. I think a lot of times we use substances to alter our realities because our realities are so painful. And mm. So if we can alter the reality, we feel better. Right. But but Jesus gives us something better. He he does it's it's not an altered reality he just changes mm. our reality mm. and he gives us that purpose and our hope yeah so with a fix you got to keep on fixing otherwise the pain comes back exactly so that's how you keep it at bay and that's yeah. that's why people are addicts and that's right. why we're slaves um mm. to to substances and so i'm there i'm listening and then herb larson gave this challenge he says i challenge you to read your bible for an hour a day for three months. And if your life is not changed from the word of God mm. after three months of reading the Bible for an hour a day, I will personally pay you for the time that you've wasted. So I did some quick math, conversion from Canadian dollars to Australian dollars back to US dollars. And mm. I was like, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. So I looked up and I, I, had, I hadn't talked to God in I don't even know how long. Mm. And... Um, I, I basically, I had never really talked to God that much at all in my life. But this mm. time I was like, okay, God, uh, I don't know if you're real. I don't know. Actually, I think I said, dude. I don't even think I said God. I said, wow. okay, dude, if you're real, mm. you got to put a Bible in my hands. I'm not going to go to the library. I'm not going to buy one. I'm not going to ask anybody for one. This is on you. If you're real, put the Bible in my hands and I'll read it. If not, I'm out of here. Wow. I'm done with this, and don't mm. don't keep knocking on my door. Literally, like a guy was knocking on my door. Mm-hmm. Um, that night, uh, it was very real. That night, uh, 
I was sitting next to a little African boy. He was eight years old. Hmm. And he looked at me, and he and I had dreadlocks at the time and a big beard. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, hey, I want to play drums with you sometime because he'd heard me play guitar. Okay. And I was like, okay, little black dude, that sounds cool. Yeah. And he's like, let me go talk to my mom. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so he walked up, and he got his mom. And, and um, as she walked down, because – I forgot to say, so that was like a week of prayer. So mm, the first mm. day I was in the very back, but by the end of the week, I was in the very front row because okay. I just kept moving closer because these stories that Herb Larson was telling about people's lives who were transformed, just like this radio show, mm-hmm. by the power, by the word of their testimony, testimony yeah. you know, my life was, I was just like listening to all these stories and I was thinking maybe there's something to this. Wow. And testimonies just change people's lives. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I'm there, uh, I'm in the front row, and then I see this this woman walk forward. Uh, she's a this beautiful Zimbabwean princess, and I just, I had never seen anyone as beautiful. Mm. And I remember, like, the lights were behind her because I'm in the front now looking back down, and then the lights are coming up on the stage. Yeah. And uh, I remember it was like, <laughs> and I remember just thinking, I'm going to marry this girl. Wow. And the, the crazy thought was like, whoa, you're not going to marry anybody. Like commitment is the opposite of what you do. Because mm. I, was, I was in and out of relationships with many, many people. It wasn't even relationships. It was just encounters with people because right. I wasn't going to commit to anybody because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get hurt again. Right. And, um, but no, something was different. I, I said, I'm going to marry this girl. And then I went back to my – so we talked for a little while. And I said before – her her name was Malvinas, the mm. Zimbabwean princess. She was a black uh, African princess, basically. Mm. And now I ha- I, I want to say that because I was raised in an area that is pretty racist. Okay. Actually, not pretty. Super racist. Uh. And I was racist towards every race. Mm. Um, I was just white people were the only people. Okay. And um, I didn't know I was a racist. Mm. I just knew that white people, or I thought that white people were better than just everyone else. I didn't think that was racism. I thought that was just like the truth. It's just, that's the way life is. Yeah. That's what I thought. Sure. sure. And it wasn't until I started interacting with other cultures that I realized like, wow, I'm, I'm pretty messed up. Like mm. I'm pretty bad. <laughs> okay. And then, but when I met her, the most attractive thing for her was what I said before was that inner strength because mm. she had she her husband had left she had she was a single mom raising her son on her own living in a caravan right. it was like this strength that I saw I was like wow this is someone that I need to attach my life to mm. like there is something there that I don't want anybody else to have because I need this in my life yeah. I need stability like never before I went back to my roommate and I was like hey you know that African girl with the kid and he was like yeah. I was like, that's my future wife. Oh, and then, really? And then he was like, what's her name? And I was like, I don't know what her name is. just my future wife. <laughs> and then he was like, okay, okay. And uh, he ended up, long story short on that one, he ended up uh, being one of the groomsmen in my wedding. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was, that's a crazy story. Yeah. But um, so that was a Friday night. Um, and when I saw her, we went our separate ways. The next day, I went down to uh, Sydney because a guy basically bribed me. Mm. He basically said, come to this Christian music concert. And I hated Christian music. Mm. Um, we're down there. but And the only reason I went is because he said, if you go, I'll take you surfing. Oh, and I okay. was So I always tell people, like, if you have to bribe people to get them to come to some program, 
where they can get to know God better. Mm. It's totally cool. I don't know if that's biblical, <laughs> so don't, don't quote the Bible on that, but that's just from Blake Pinland. Like, okay. do what you got to do to get people to a place where sure. they can meet Jesus. Mm. So while I'm down there, very skeptical. I hated it. It was terrible music at the time. I was like, this is not my, th- not my thing. Because when you're in the world, spiritual things don't taste good. No. You want fleshy things. Mm. But there was a a black American Baptist preacher. Hmm. And uh, he started preaching in the middle of this music concert. And he was like, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, come down and I'll pray with you. And oh, was, okay, right. Yeah, and I was just <laughs> like, I stood up and I remember thinking, that was the moment, I, the first time I thought up, and I, or I thought to myself, I stood up and I said, hey, I love black people all of a sudden. Hmm. I know that's a weird, yeah, a weird yeah. thought, but like I'd never... I, I had not before, mm. but all of a sudden I was like, I love black people. Mm. And then I was like, and I want to give my heart to Jesus. And it was like a, a transformation right then and there. And I took a step forward. And as I took a step forward, all these terrible voices in my head started saying, there is no room in heaven for dirty people like you. Wow. You, you sold, you've sold drugs. You've ruined people's lives with drugs. Mm. You've stolen things. You've committed crimes. You've... You've done all these things to just ruin people's lives. Mm. Why in the world would they want you in heaven? So there's two voices speaking to you at the yeah. moment? Well, I wouldn't say it was a voice. It was just a, more of a thought. A thought. Okay. Um, and, and I said, I just thought to myself, like, yeah, you know what? I'm not good enough to go to heaven. Mm. I'll never be good enough. And so I turned around. I walked out. I actually left. Oh. And um, This is on the way to the front, too. Yeah. I yeah. was like, no way. I, I can't do this. Like, there's no way can God forgive somebody like me. Wow. So I left. I uh, walked out um, for a while. And then all of a sudden, this little 12-year-old Australian girl, she came and grabbed my shirt. And she said, uh, I have a gift for you from God. And I said, what? A 12-year-old. And she uh, walked me over. She, I think she even grabbed my hand, too. It was very weird. I was like I was frozen. I didn't know what to do. And she walked me over to this little chair. And I picked up this book on this chair, and it said level 27. I said, level 27, what is this? Mm. She says, the 27 books of the New Testament. Oh. And I was like, what? And so in my hand was exactly what I had prayed for. Yes. It was a Bible. And I took the Bible, and I had it in my Incredible. hand, and I almost hit her in the face with it. I was like, do you realize what this means? <laughs> and she was like, uh, no. <laughs> and I was like, I have to read this stupid thing now, and God's real. And she's like, amen, brother. And I was like, wow. Ah! And I started like running. I just started running and sprinting with this Bible in my hands and like yelling at people like, God's real. You got to read the Bible. Mm. And then all these like Australians were there because it's down in Sydney, and all these Australians are like, Oh, mate, these Americans are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like reading the Bible. And yeah. so that was that. And then the, for the next week, I just started reading the Bible for an hour a day, sometimes two or even three. And I fell in love with this, mm. this guy so named you, Jesus. No worry about the one hour commitment. Oh, that, uh, I just fell in love Herb with Jesus. Her was talking about oh. it's now two or three hours a day. Yeah. And I uh. just, I read it like a book, started in Matthew, read it to Revelation like I've never read before. And mm. I was just soaking up the word. And I made a decision. Anything Jesus believes, anything that he teaches, or anything that he lives, I will follow. Wow. And uh, it was just purely the word of God. Mm. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Yeah. I believe that the word of God, the scriptures, are the same word of God that was spoken 
when the earth was created. Yes, same power. The same power. Yeah, amen. And I believe that God created the world in six literal days. His his word is that powerful Mm, that he just spoke mm. and boom, it was there. Um, The real Big Bang Theory. (laughs) (laughs) He spoke and bang, it was there. And as I was reading it, I believe God recreated the neurotransmitters, the neurons, and the the synapses in my mind, in my mm. in my cerebral cortex, my yeah. frontal lobe, and I was literally, from all the drugs and the alcohol, I had retarded my mind. Mm. But the Word of God has made me sharper than a double-edged sword. Praise the Lord! And so I'm, your mind is being renewed by the oh, Word. I'm constantly being renewed. Whereas yeah. before, everything was hazy and. And the other thing was I that girl, that Zimbabwean girl, mm. she started inviting me to church with her. Um, and she, she was raised a Seventh-day Adventist. And, okay. she, and I, I was like, I'm not going to be a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm going to be whatever Jesus is. Mm. And um, I started studying with Baptists and Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, non-denominational, everybody. Yeah. And then I even started studying with the Adventists just to see. And when I studied the millennium, Mm. The the prophecy, I think it's in Revelation 21. Yes. And it just talks about what will happen at the millennium. I was like, that is the God that I will serve. And wow. no one else taught that. No, that only right? That was very unique to Adventism. And I was like, that is the God that I will serve. Mm. And I became a Seventh-day Adventist. And through two things, through the strong Christian influence of my of. Well, she became my girlfriend and my wife and through the word of God. And I remember I got in a fight with, we had been dating for about two or three months. I got in a fight with my girlfriend at the time. Mm. And I said, I'm really mad at you because everything that you say you're going to do, you do. Mm. And everything that you do, you said, like you, you actually say what you're going to do. You're not a hypocrite. And I realized that I was a huge hypocrite. And I said, how do you do it? Mm. And she said, Everything good you see in me is Jesus in my heart, and everything bad is just the rest. Wow. And I said, I want Jesus in my heart. How do I do it? Yeah. And all you and she said, all you have to do is ask. And for our listeners as well. Wow. That's it. It's mm. as simple. If you want Jesus in your heart, take a moment and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I need you in my life. Will you please come into my heart? And it's as simple as that. And he will always say yes, and he's always available. Mm. And your life can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Thank you for that. Look, we're just going to take a break to share our contact details with you, and we'll just come back for some closing remarks after that. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back. I hope you got those contact details. And I'm here with Pastor Bake Penland sharing his testimony on By the Word of Their Testimony. Now, just before the break, you were just telling us about the, the power of God's Word and yeah. also the, the, the influence that a godly person can have in a person's life. Like, Absolutely. And you're talking about your girlfriend, but now your wife. Yeah. So maybe we could just wrap that up and just talk about how that transformed your life because you came out of some really messed up stuff from what you've been sharing. You know, yeah. you had some addictions and that. How did God help you through that? Um, I believe those two things are the most important thing in a Christian walk is is continual 
um, reading of the Word of God, mm. spending time in prayer yes. and in Bible study. So talking to God and let God talk to you through His Word. Exactly. Amen. And the other thing is surrounding yourself with positive influences. Mm. Um, one of the reasons uh, I live here in Australia is back in America, I had created so many negative relationships um, and it's not their fault, uh, but there's just negative relationships. And, yeah. and what had happened is I needed strong Christian influences. So I want to encourage our, our listeners. Um, it's possible mm. to, to be free from drugs and alcohol. I've been clean and sober by the grace of God since, uh, 2007. Wow. Okay. Um, and, got a decade on that. Yeah. Yeah. And there is hope mm. in Jesus Christ. And if you surrender and then surround yourself by people, like-minded people who yes. also love Jesus, your life will be infinitely better. Mm. Accept Jesus into your heart. Fill your mind with the Word of God. Pray to Him daily and surround yourself with people who love Him. And your life will be far better than you can ever imagine. Praise God for that. Yeah. Look, that reminds me of that text in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. It says, By who you were also called, called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the power of Christ is able to work in your life as well. And we've just heard a wonderful testimony of a transformed life demonstrating the power of, of Christ, the power of his word, and the power of a life that's also been committed to the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit can work in through those people. Thank you, Pastor Blake Pennant. Thank you for sharing your testimony today here on By the Word of Their Testimony. Dear listener, I pray that you have been blessed by uh, hearing what God has done in the lives of people just like you and me. And whether your life reflects that or it's a little bit different, a testimony of a changed life is one that cannot be argued against. Mm. So thank you very much for being vulnerable enough to share that with us. It's been a real blessing to me, and we thank you for joining us today. We look forward to catching up with you again next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.